When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Yo! Oh, let me yes, take the yes, lead. Yes, 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 yes. Wolf and Al, inside the... Pl- oh, no, that's the same as I do every week. Wait, I... I've let me try, try to say it different. Like, like, I tell you what, tell you what, throw something at me. Let me try. Let's, okay, all right. Okay, I, guys, uh, give, I, me a, give me a thing. I want you to do this like I'm the first customer in your new restaurant in the centre of town. You're opposite Nando's and Bella Italia. It's a little independent run thing, right? Um, you are serving... What's it called? Wolf and Al? No, 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 no. Oh, you can be Wolf and Al. Yeah, the Wolf and Al, and yeah. it is a burrito joint. Okay, fine. Okay, I walk in. One, two, three, I walk in. Intro. Um, hi, welcome to the Wolf and Al burrito Sorry, shack. I'm going to go across um, the road. Oh, well, I, listen, um, totally fine if you want to do that. But what when I, I walk into is, an independent restaurant, I want the feeling of fizz in my mouth straight away. Um, well, listen, what I can tell you is we have got a, a hot pepper mix that is nothing but fizz. Here, uh, it's it, listen. Have you had a burrito before, sir? Yeah, uh, I had one five years ago when I was traveling Mexico. Okay. Well, as let a me tell you, well, let, let me tell you something. I, I don't want to insult Mexico. What I can tell you is you haven't had burritos until you've had a wolf and al burrito. And uh, people often say to me, um, is that what's in it? Um, <laughs> and obviously, no, it's not. It's um, it's to do with the, it's to do with actually the reason. It's a, f- a funny story about why it's called the Wolf and Al. It's actually me and the co-owner. Sorry, I'm, uh, uh, sorry have, to be see, uh, sorry to be obtuse, but do you realise your flies are undone? Um, no, I didn't realise that. And and sorry to be obtuse, but it's actually obtuse, not obtruse. You're a bit like you remind me a bit of the co-owner. Actually, the Wolf. He's always fucking up words. Um, <laughs> Listen, it's not in my custom. You should be a little bit more cheery with me, and the back chat should be a little bit more fresh. Hopefully, like your herbs and vegetables here. Uh, well, listen, we have got nothing but the. Is this going on too long? Do you think this this bit? <laughs> I mean, the intro. I was thinking you were like, "Yo, welcome to the Wolf and Owl Burrito Bar." I hope oh, you let me like okay, fiery. So, so let me, oh God, yeah, I should have done it like that. Uh, but you, we got too far into the role play thing. I just sort of I enjoyed the role play. Actually, we should say yeah. to listeners, this is an unusual recording. Why? Because it is being done on a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, it is presently 8.23. And, um, yeah, it's been a... Do you know, I, I've actually... I've my, my first big night out since Grace was born last night. You were at a wedding, right? I was at a wedding, boy. Yeah. Mm, pretty, uh, pretty, so talk, talk me through it. How did it go? It was an amazing wedding. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's... Mm. The party side of weddings is when you're not drinking is like I was genuinely about. One, so you didn't drink last night? No, I had like one. I had like just to sort of like toast a couple. I had like a, a champagne, a bit of Bucks Fizz, but that was yeah. I, I kept it chill. Mm. But I was like the only. I think it was like me and a couple of sort of like old old ladies who were the only people who were actually there for the wedding cake. Like wedding cakes are sort of like a bit null and void now, aren't they? You think they look right? Well, wedding wedding cake, wedding cakes are a visual element rather than a. a Do you know this is element. a really good business for someone who uh, who wants to look at sort of like earning a couple of quid? I think actually a foam uh, or even like a cardboard wedding cake business or like recycled plastics or whatever, and you just make what is looks like a beautiful wedding cake. Because honestly, I'd say in the last five ten weddings I've been to, no one gives a shit. Everyone's just smashed by the wedding cake time. Even the cutting cake thing. 
there's so many different elements to a wedding. No one's even going to watch like the cutting of the, you know, I sort of felt, felt, I felt for the groom. He said, he, he, you know, this is a sad Tom, are you suggesting that Are you suggesting that they do a cutting of the cake where they cut into a foam cake? Is no, I just don't think, I think we get rid of the cutting of the cake. I think people walk past, oh, that's a lovely looking cake. And slowly it will just not become a thing. Well, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know why that has to be replaced. Why does it have to be replaced with a plastic well, cake? Well, like you say, it's, a, just... it's a nice visual. It's a lot. And also, I really like recycled cardboard, recycled plastics. It's good to get them out, more of them out there and stuff. No, but yeah, but that, that, can they be recycled for something that's actually useful? <laughs> no, I just think, no. rather, rather than a rather than a rather than a pretend cake that you're just going to look. I'm at I'm thinking the about whether now this is I've slipped up a bit by giving someone else an amazing idea. Can I tell you something? Can I allay your concerns? I think you're all right. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be. Fu- I think you'd be fine. If anyone who is an expert in molding and shaping wants to get in touch and just like chat over sort of like this this idea. I mean, what could be quite nice, actually, is if you had, like, a sort of piece of the cake you could cut out of it and then you, it looked like a proper nice cake inside. Yeah. It sounds a lot more complicated than just making a cake, though. Yeah, but people spend fortunes on cakes that don't get eaten. I literally looked at all that cake. And the, and the, no, but the cake does get eaten, doesn't it? Well, you know, this is the awful thing as well. A lot of pressure was placed on me. I was waiting with these ladies once the cake had been cut. and um, Where's everyone else then? Everyone else is partying, getting smashed. Everyone's right. like... You're sat bike. waiting, for the, you're waiting yeah. for the cake to be yeah. handed Isn't that a great situation to be in? You, you know that basically a third of that cake could be yours if you play your cards. <laughs> yeah, but right. the cake is so big. And, and if you've got sharp enough elbows with these other old bitches, you could probably get yourself hard. <laughs> no, one, of the, one of the old girls looked at me and she went, oh, it's a big old cake. We're relying on you, Tom, to get through it. I thought there was a lot of pressure to put me on. I had four bits, but I was like, after that, there's only so much buttercream a big man can eat. What, what, was, uh, what was a sponge? Oh, mate, it was a beautiful sponge. Mm. Soft, delicate. It was, yeah, it was really nice. It was nice. It was what, sorry? <laughs> De- delicate. But I meant delicate. Delicate? Del- yeah, it's what? delicate. What? Delicate is what I meant. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew as soon as the word slothered out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got it wrong. Delicate, really, well, really. What's funny about that is you sort of talking about how you said delicate. You also used a word that isn't a word. There's no word slothered. <laughs> it's like fucking. It's like fucking inception with you, mate. <laughs> I like. I like. I've said this so many times. I like making up these words. But yeah, it was really nice. You know, lovely. A really nice curd and a nice jam through it. A bit of butter oh, icing. Curd lovely. is really curd is an underrated thing. I think within mm. humanity. Don't turn your nose up. Curd, you well, no, could, it's just, I think you, like, if anyone I know in the world should be sitting with a big jar of curd and his hands in it like we need the food with some money, it should be you. Yeah. <laughs> just a T-shirt and no trousers. <laughs> like uh, a little boy at the beach. <laughs> Romish has got his dick out again and opening a bottle. have got his hand in, a, hand in a jar of curd, cock out under his T-shirt. That's when he's his happiest. <laughs> A big flappy old Arsenal 1999 cup with a double winning team T-shirt. Tony Adams on the front. <laughs> All covered in blueberry and fucking lemon curd. I went out for Lisa. It was Lisa's auntie's birthday today. Oh, amazing. Surprise birthday party at this pub. And um, one of the things I noticed is when you're out with your with your other half's family... I know that this is a bit of a running theme from last week because we talked about um, me being inconsiderate and you also mirroring that inconsiderate behaviour. But um, one of the things I noticed is um, you can't say, like everybody on Lisa, (laughs) you can't say anything about you sort of being in the right in any situation before you get absolutely jumped on. So, And I hadn't even said anything. What I said was, somebody said, how's the new house, right? And I went, oh, well, actually... Um, actually, I was a bit stressed on the day that we moved in. And the reason I was stressed is because I was being a bit unreasonable, right? Because I wanted everything to be right. And there were some things fucking up. I don't know if you remember, but yeah, remember. Lisa, ended up having to, Lisa ended up having to put me to bed. She sent me to bed yeah, right, I remember. Yeah, on yeah, that yeah. day. Yeah. So I was just about to say I was quite stressed. And then somebody just jumped in. One of Lisa's family was just, um, I think Lisa was the one that would have been stressed on the day that you moved in. She, based on what I've heard, I thought, fucking hell. Yeah, man. But that then I realised that's what that that is when you when you go out with the in law that side of the family you just got to be careful. Yeah, but you know no 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 no, no. this is the worst thing, bro. This is the worst thing. 
is that in-laws and your laws, like your like your fucking mum and stuff, they all will stick up for like they're, they're, like they're every all go, like if I if I say no, but anything, my mum doesn't. My mum doesn't. She? Oh Christ, man! No. Like if no, I my say mom's anything, on side as well. oh my mum and my mum and dad, they're going at me. If I if I even dare criticize anything Catherine's done. Oh, mate, oh, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. If I say anything about, if I say, oh, Lisa shouldn't need, like Lisa, even if I say it as a joke, which, oh. is, which is the only time I do say it, what are you talking about? You're lucky to have a, a woman like Lisa in your... So, it's the just, same. There's no I mean, way, look, I, I agree. I agree. There's no but, way, I, like, like, there's no solace. There's no solace. But I, listen, I, I agree with everything that's being said. Yes, Lisa would have been much more stressed out in the move than me because she did a lot more of it. Bless her heart. Yes, I am but lucky Lisa's to have Lisa Lisa's stronger than you are. You were weak. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but the point I'm trying to make no, is... Like, the it's reason- like anything, right? You can't compare different strengths to different strengths. Like, you can't look at, like, um, fucking Eddie Hall and put him up against, I don't know, like fucking uh, Nicholas Lindhurst as strongmen, right? So Lisa's will for stress is, like, here, and your will for stress is here. So you can't have different levels. So they're so out of order to you for that. <laughs> Is your is your is your surname originally Maynard? Because you seem to be singing from the same hymn sheet as that lot. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I, I, do... <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind being. <laughs> I don't, I don't, listen, I don't mind uh, people, I, I don't mind acknowledging that Lisa, look, Lisa does loads. She's amazing. The, the thing that upsets me is the insinuation that I don't know that. Yeah. I know that Lisa's amazing. I know that I'm lucky to have her in my life. So when people say that to me, I get defensive because I think what that means is you don't think I appreciate her. Do you know what I mean? And then that's, you know, then, then you start, um, then you start getting to the, you know, I'm like an onion, as you know, Tom. You start getting into layers there. Where yeah, I start yeah, yeah. feeling like self-conscious about the fact that I don't sh- show Lisa enough appreciation. W- one of the things that I've discovered, and I think it's like, I think we, when we talked about this last week, this thing that I've become conscious about is my negative reaction to have to having something pointed out to me that I know is true. I, I, like my reaction to it is disgusting. Oh, so I mean, like it, it's really bad, and, and that's going to be, you know, when you have like things that you want to work on. That's my thing I've got to work on now, is that if somebody points something out to me that I know to be true, a fault in myself or a flaw in myself, I need to go, you're right, and think about working on it. What I don't need to do is go on a fucking ultra offensive, defensive mode, which is what I tend to do, man. It's like, this is my new development point for this week. My, this Wait, is it now. I, you I'm know what? Try and like, literally, I'm looking at a pod. There's two P's in it. One's called Tom, one's called Rom. I'm very much yeah. the same. Like this, we, we just we just had a lovely day out in Cambridge, which was slightly marred by the fact that, um, like, even after last week weekend where we like had this massive sort of conversation, but I've like gigged, like, so I've played golf. Like, I went to a wedding, my mate's wedding, because Catherine had another thing that she had to go to. I stayed out late. It's like you know that thing where you then get there and you think, oh man, I've dropped a real bollock. Like I had no like, and genuinely. I don't get defensive. I get quite down about myself and think I'm a piece of crap. Oh, no. When Catherine points oh, no. out, like, and rightly points out that I should be doing better and I should be a little bit more, I should be a bit more considerate about things. I don't get defensive. I get really down. I get like, like, like a boy who's just like found out that for Christmas, he's not getting a bike. He's getting a fucking, I don't know, like a teddy bear. Like, I just literally sat there in this restaurant and she was like, I think you've been a bit inconsiderate, you know? Thursday you gigged and then you I stayed and like hung out with um another comedian for a bit and then chilled. Friday I went and played eighteen holes of golf. Saturday I went out to a friend's wedding. It's like that's that's shitty behaviour and I'm pretty embarrassed about mm, it. That is shitty, man. Yeah. That's really Yeah, no, shitty. I'm embarrassed about it. And then she said about it and I just sat in this really place bad. and I was just like, Oh my god, I feel like an absolute piece of dung. Mm, that is bad. But also, you know the thing that I realised as well is like It's terrible. Go on. Well, I was <laughs> You snake. Uh, I was at this wedding yesterday. I realised that that how behind the time certain guys that I've grown up with are when it comes to stuff. Oh, Oh, man, it's insane. When when I talk about stuff that I do with Grace and I do with Catherine and how our relationship works, it's like how, like, they look at me 
in this way of like absolutely like, I can't believe you do that. What? Like it's in, like guys of our age, Ron, who are just bef- like knocked sideways by the fact that I'd be doing a night feed or you know or all of the night you know night feeds. What? What? Are you joking? Do you know what I mean? It's like like the the aggression to it. The reason that I've one of the reasons I've stopped drinking is like they they can't get that compute it. You know, you'll have a drink. I, 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 I think that I've got. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that play there. Personally, is I think one of the things is there are some men that like, regardless of the fact that it's 2022, there are some men that don't think it's their place to be doing stuff like that. You know, yeah. and and for whatever reason. Right? And sometimes, let's be honest. Like like I I have this thing where I think I think to myself I want to support Lisa as much as possible. We are in a traditional setup in my house, which is that I work and Lisa doesn't, right? Yeah. You know, like that. that's... So what happens is by dint of that, there are certain things that fall in traditional pattern of, of who's responsible for what, right? And so you try and counteract that as, as much as you can and blah, blah, blah. I think there are still... There are people that... that there, there are different people that think... Men that think that men should have responsibility for more or less of that, depending on what their viewpoints are. The other thing that I think is a major part of it is groups of men sort of don't like to admit they do stuff like that. Do you know I mean, there's some sort of, I think individual men are great, right? I think yeah, men yeah. in a group can be like really tricky to deal with because one, they have a tendency to sort of say, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know, why would I be doing that? Secondly, they have a thing where it is still, I think the done thing amongst men to slag off your other half, right? Or to complain about them or whatever. And you talk to blokes individually and, they, and they, 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 they love their wives or some of them do more than others, to be honest. But anyway, they love their wives, right? But you get men in a group and there's something like um, men are almost embarrassed to talk positively about their office. It's all like fucking had to get out, man. Do you know what I mean, bloody hell. It's like, you know how it can be sometimes. You know, all of that sort of shit. I used to see that in my dad's pub. Like men used to talk like that all the time. And I thought that was like, of that generation, but actually, I see it. I see it with men of our no, age. No, I see it with men of our. I see it with men younger than us. Do you yeah, know you mean? play golf and people say that. You know what I mean? It's like I like golf just to get out of the house and just like be outside and, and chill. Do you know what I mean? I don't do it to get away from Catherine. I do it for my own headspace. Hmm. Whereas you see so many guys, it's just the aggression. Not aggression. Aggression is a wrong word, but it's sort of like the idea that sort of they don't want to be at home. It's like, uh, exactly what you said. So true. I find it insane. Like genuinely, like it's like, and like these are people I lo- I love dearly. These are friends, guys that I've grown up with. They're not. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying that they're they're. And also, what I think there's a slight. There can be a slight thing of it. it's like if there's a few of you saying, oh, you know, this bit actually bit is, is so rewarding if you do this with your child or that with your child. There's people who I think there's a sort of an element of I haven't done that. And instead of just going, oh, you know what, I w- wish I'd been a bit more like that, it's easier to go, oh, fuck off, mate. You know, fuck That's it. a very good point. You know, and and really just be point. aggressive about it. Well, I mean, you're talking about exactly what I'm talking about, which yeah. is where somebody points out something that you uh, don't feel comfortable about about yourself and so you just, like, you sort of bite. Do you know what I mean? You sort of go, well, why would you want to do that? Who the fuck does that? Do you know what I mean? It's like... Uh, it's an interesting one. God, we've got... Jesus Christ, we are so deep, aren't Man. we? Oh, my It's a Sunday God. night session, baby. They're always going to be That's deep. what happens with these... Sun- Listen, this is what happens with these Sunday night sessions. Tom and I kick back. We get a little bit deeper. We get a little <laughs> bit under the skin of what these issues are, you know? By the way, but before we start getting... Before we... Ca- I, I would say I have significant evidence to suggest that women behave in the same way, based oh, purely right, on my course. own. I mean, I, I mean, the number of times that one of Lisa's friends has said something to me like it's a running joke and I know that that has been something that's been delivered by the swan to her group of Lisa's mates. got a very so good turn example, of phrase as well, hasn't she? Yeah, but but for example, like, like um, I'll be like, we'll be on the school run and she'll go, um, I'll go, how's it, oh, you know, how's it going, Sarah? Yeah, good, good. We've got a bit of a problem with the bathroom. Um, like one of the one of the, the rails is coming off and like a couple of the tiles are a bit loose, so we're trying to get them sorted out. I'd ask you to do it, but we all know how fucking shit you are at stuff like that, aren't you? You useless bastard, aren't you, when it comes to things like that? I go, sorry, what? I don't, rec- I don't recall ever talking to you directly about stuff like this, Sarah. I wonder, I wonder if this is the work of a chatty swan that has led to this, uh, this thing. And, and, and so now I'm sort of, every now and again, I try and prod and poke to see what is, what's actually being said about me. 
to these to these women. Do you know what I mean? I think that it's. I think that there's the. That's what I realise when you're arguing, right? Is that they have itemized that like Catherine will have like itemized things that are not like really really piss her off about like that I do right and she like mm-hmm. if we're having an argument I'll go you know da 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 and like what and what yeah and she will go through an itemized list of exactly what pisses her off and why and mm-hmm. how and how many times I do it right and if I go well there's things that you do that annoy me and she goes like what and I just stand there and go um uh well I sort of can't think of any at the moment. Like and like, there's times when she does stuff, and I'll go. Oh, next time we have an argument, I'll think exactly of that thing. I can never do it. Mm. But they, no. they, I mean, that's part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're just rabbits caught in headlights. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's it's, it's, t- it's tough. It's tough being married to these women that we're married to. I mean, Who are incredible women, we should say. No, it's horrendous. Let's be honest. I, um, I think what we've come round to is that we're trapped. My beautiful brethren, um, you have a big week coming up. Yeah, we're starting on uh, starting on a new sitcom uh, nice for Sky. Excited? Excited? I'm quite nervous, actually. I'm going to be honest, I'm quite nervous. What is it, 8.40? I haven't learned the lines for tomorrow yet. Have you got a lot of lines? I've got a fair few lines. How do you do it? How do you learn lines? Let me just tell you something, right? This yeah. is you're about to, if you're about to give me a magic... They're in your brain anyway, you've written it. You just they're there. You just gotta have absolute faith that you just read them tomorrow and relax and they'll soak in. You reckon? People put too much pressure on it. You think so? Yeah. People like phonetically reading them over and over and over and over again. Like if you've written it for a start, that's that's the big the big part of it. It's in there anyway. Mm. You know that what the scene's direction is, you know where it's going, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't like written a script, you should yeah, when you get it, you phonetically read it. You, it goes in, and then when it comes to the day like tomorrow, you, it, it's in there anyway. And then you can just you can chill and relax. Was it you that told me that Anthony Hopkins apparently was it was it who was it no, was it, it Jay? I don't know. Somebody no, on King, no. somebody on King, King I know Gary, nothing somebody on Anthony Hopkins trivia. Somebody on King Gary told me that Anthony Hopkins reads his lines two hundred times. Really? Out loud. And then I just thought, well, if you're doing. I mean, that's a lot of time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. If you're in a big movie and you're, you're a lead character, he yeah. must have Benjamin doing... Button. He had loads of dialogue. Yeah. So how long's a film? Like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Two hundred times. Well, I mean, you've got, you got to write you... off ten days. Well, at least, yeah. Yeah, I can't do that, mate. No, just that. It's, it's there. It, I'm giving it half. I'm giving it half an hour between half nine and ten. And if it's not in, then you, good luck to just the just try it twenty times. I bet it'll work for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll try that. Um, I had a really embarrassing thing. Well, I I, I just um. Do you put notes on your scripts? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, but I I work from an iPad because it's 2022. But um, well, because I I worked with, I worked with you on King Gary in 2021, and you didn't have any iPad with you. You're writing on fucking paper, so I don't know why you started to like dick swing now. <laughs> Um, just because on the curse we got iPads. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. You, of course, you jot jot. What do you mean, like jot down how you're going to do the line? Well, I had notes? an embarrassing thing when I did, when I did the reluctant landlord. I just thought you just had to learn the lines, and then Alison Steadman, who's obviously a legend, yeah, came onto set and um, she had all these like little like little notes and performance things and stuff put on a script, and then. I looked, showed her my sides, and my sides were completely clean, just like a tick where I'd remember the line. And um, you know, I, I just think it was almost insulting for her to be on the same set as this no, fucking but I, idiot. But it's every it's, every process is different. You cut your line on Messi is going to be completely different from Phil Bardsley, right? <laughs> and yet they're on a level. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, but. They're- they're both professional footballers. It's like everyone's sure. going to have their different... You're going to have your different way of getting to to where you've got to be. You've just got to rely on, like, finding your way and and let, and just having... Look, you put... Like, I, I reckon Alison Steadman and Anthony Hopkins would really struggle to go up and do an hour and a half stand-up special. Yeah, but... You remember I, uh, all of that. It's totally different. It's though. not. It's totally different. It's actually... It's it easier is. to remember lines and stand-up. Infinitely easier think about trigger points don't and this is the other mistake don't even think about your lines think about the line coming at you 
Oh, I've got to learn their lines as well. No, 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 because that's the trigger point, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Because then you've got the trigger. That's that's, that's there. There, it's fresh mm, and it's nice. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You've All right. got. Remember, you you've got. Us. You've got no one when you're up there. When you're up there doing your your stand up, it's just you in the fucking room with the mic, baby, and the audience. Um, talking about stand up. Yo. I want to talk about something slightly embarrassing that happened to me. Okay. Uh, so I've just done two nights in Douglas and the Isle of Man. Oh. And um, here's an interesting fact: never been to the Isle of Man. Oh well, it's lovely, very nice. Uh, went people. to a nice vegan cafe, got blueberry pancakes, oh, very nice. nice. Anyway, on the second night of the of the gigs, um, this is so embarrassing. So I walked out on stage, and the cra- both nights, by the way, Douglas were up for a gig. They were like it was like proper nice. Um, do you know what I've just done? Basically, you've got like a brown. I don't know what it is in the back, on the back behind you. That wall there. Yeah. Right. Can you see that brown? What's that thing? That dark circle at the at the top there. What is that? Oh, that thing there. Yeah. What is that? There. Yeah. There. What is that? That is a little nubbin. For uh, I'll put in like you can put in resistance bands. You can put in like anything. You and you loop it around there, like that, and yeah. like that, and then yeah, do pull ups or whatever on it. Well, I didn't know what that was, and I tried to just wipe it off my screen. <laughs> anyway, that was such I like a long the idea time. that I stuck that in there just to fuck with you. <laughs> um, anyway, I walk out, um, and there's a guy in the front row just sat with his mobile phone filming me. Oh, right, so I come out, I start like doing a bit of chat. He's on the fr- right on the front row. He's holding it like he's not hiding that he what he's doing. He's like holding his phone up like that, right? Just like sat there watching me filming it, right? So I do like a, so I just sort of sort of say I, I didn't want to get into it straight away. So I'm just sort of saying hello to the crowd and stuff like that. And then I go, "Are you filming me?" And he said, "Yeah, I am." And I said, "Well, can you not film me?" And he goes, "I just thought I'd film it. You know why not?" And then because I was so flustered, it was so early on the show. I went, <laughs> "Oh no!" I went because it's illegal. Oh god! And then he just went, "No, it isn't." And then I just stopped talking until I, I just didn't know what to say. Like, I just, I just said it. I was so upset at how nerdily I'd said it. I just went, can you not? And he went, well, why not? Because it's illegal. <laughs> and then he went, it isn't. And then I was like, oh, no, of course it's not. It's not illegal. And then I just, no, it's not illegal. And then I just sort of shut down. And then security came over to tell him to put his phone down. Oh, no, like you've asked. And then I just had this guy. First of all, it, it injected attention into the room that yeah, I had to yeah. get over, right? Secondly, I just had to sort of, I just had this guy that I just sort of told off sat in the front row for the rest of the show. It was awful. It's it was the, truly awful. Like that literally makes me feel sick. Do you know, front row decorum is a real thing, real like, so I gigged on twice last week and on Thursday night, gigged at an amazing place in London, one of our favourite venues. And... I get on stage. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Just, just on what you've just said there. Um, for some reason, when you're talking about somebody that you used to go to school with, uh, that may have even been like borderline nonce or, uh, or, or, or shat on a table in front of everybody, you do not even hesitate for a second in giving their full name and address. But for some reason, when talking about where you gigged last week. <laughs> One of our favourite gigs. You, for some reason, you want to anonymise that. I, I, I don't understand what your instincts are on this. Right. So, ABC, always be comedy. Um, always be comedy in Kennington. One of, one of the best, for me, one of the best places to do stand-up. Like, usually, like, 100%, without a doubt, great, savvy comedy crowd. Yeah. But um, So I was trying all new material, uh, which is always difficult, right? Um, and in the front row was this girl, woman who I'd say like she was late teens, probably early 20s, but she looked like she was having the worst time ever. Like, right. and sort of the uh, compare of the evening, Amy had said to me, oh, look, there's a like, lady or woman in the front who's I think could be a little bit tricky as the night goes on. I don't know whether she was just drunk or whatever, but she spent the whole of my, like my material was not edgy or like, I'm not like, like it's not rude, like, but, Sighing like I was the worst person who'd ever done stand up, like genuinely, like it, it, like it was a real like, oh my god, that like, even though other people are laughing 
and I can hear laughter and I can see laughter. This woman is absolutely destroying this gig for me, right? Right. And then she starts just whispering to her friend. And her friend, to her credit, was going, shut up, it's really, shut up, it's rude, like that. And she was just, she then found this really funny, right? So then she decided to take it up a level and everything that I said, she would have like, so I talk about DIY a bit, right? And she just throws in a thing where she just goes, she likes doing DIY. And I went, oh, do you? And started trying to chat to her friend and think, oh, you know, maybe if I involve her and her friend in this, it will yeah, yeah, cut you this can, awful you can sort tension. Of it or oh, oh yeah, do you like yeah. doing DIY? And the friend's absolutely, like, really didn't want to be talked said, No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And this girl, that's the only time she laughed when her friend was humiliated. And then uh, I sort of was like, are you all right? Are you having a good time? And she just, just like looked at me. You know, like she looked at me like I was so beneath her and such a like, 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 like she'd come in that night and gone, if I can make this as horrible as I can for at least two or three people, it'll be an amazing night for me. And it's such a shame, right? Because I don't like how you feel. You happened to you this way. Like, all these people, like, let, you know, I was fortunate enough as I was leaving to talk to people and people seemed like they had a really good time. I, I, for 48 hours after, all I could think about was, like, why this girl, had, like, this woman had been, like, so rude and like what would she have gained from being so like i I think uh there is nothing uh more aggressive or disruptive than somebody at a comedy club whose idea it wasn't to go there yeah i mean somebody that's that's been taken that's maybe one of the best points i've ever heard in life somebody who's been taken who wasn't sure about it being taken across the comedy is one of the most disruptive genuinely it's such a brilliant observation, right? Because if you got any, if you go to the Weatherspoons, you're not too sure about, it and you sit there going, "Oh, yeah. fucking, we could have gone anywhere." That's something. Yeah. But to go to a comedy and sit in the front man. row, it's man. I see, I see it all the time, man. It's like, you know, it's like I remember when, before I started touring, I used to think to myself, "If you're on tour, then everybody there really likes you," and that's not true because what it'd be, it'd be like a group of four people, and maybe two of them are like really keen to see, you and they go, "Do you want to go see Romesh?" And then one of them goes, yeah, all right. And then one of them goes, oh, I don't really know. Honestly, try it. You like it. And then you see them just dotted around. They'll be like, somebody's like, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken what is this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then occasionally I'll get messages from people going, really loved it. My mate absolutely hated it or whatever. Yeah, but I don't really understand yes. why people feel the need to tell you. <laughs> I think they think it's funny because like, they, they just like, they don't realise that you'll go, oh, that's a shame that somebody didn't have a nice time. They'll just, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whether they just think we'll just go, oh fuck them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a bizarre thing. Just go, oh, that's that's unfortunate that somebody really hated it. Um, <laughs> and that's something for me to take to bed with me tonight and agonise well with... between about. I reckon about between three forty-five and four thirty. I'll be just be sort of ruminating on that tonight. <laughs> I, I genuinely was sitting there with my uh, daughter, like feeding Grace, just looking at her, thinking. I hope you don't ever go to a stand-up show like when you're in fucking early 20s and make someone feel like absolute shit because you don't enjoy this stuff. Like, just go, yeah. if you ever go and watch anyone pay, like, anyone go, and you're not enjoying a show, at least put on a brave face and make the person feel better about themselves. Yeah. I, 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 I just think, well, what I would say is there, there are people that don't like, the people that hate, I know people that hate stand-up comedy because they don't like the idea of somebody trying to make them laugh. Yeah. There, there's something... There's like a there's like a, a a reaction against that, and then the other thing is is like I just think when something is trying to be funny and somebody doesn't find it funny, they find it it makes them angry in in in, in a way that if you went to watch a shit Marvel film, you'd just be like, oh, that wasn't that good. But like for some reason, comedy. If you watch a comedy, I mean, you'll know from like sick, scripted comedy gets it in the next so much within yeah. thirty seconds, people are ready. To, so it's just this is a weird reaction. Should we get into some emails, Tom? Let's do it, baby boy. Let's do it. We, we've been weak on the emails recently, really. What do you mean, weak? We've only done like two sessions. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we should really. I feel like we've been quite serious and deep on this. Do you know I mean? Yeah, but you know what? That's that's the that's the that's the concoction that makes the brew bubble. 
Yeah, nice. So, um, so, yeah, we don't know what's coming. No, we don't. You know, you might get a really funny episode. You might get an episode where two blokes sort of just are really down on themselves to the point <laughs> where... Morosely chat about sort of, shit. Yeah, where, they're, where by the time they log off the Zoom, they're not sure if they're going to do another episode or not. <laughs> um, okay, so this is, this is from The Timid Pigeon. Oh, uh, once again, thank you to the Swan for, um, uh, the Swan. for selecting the emails. I do appreciate you. Wow. Uh, dear, dear the, I could have said that less aggressively. Dear the Wolf and Al, let me first say how much I love you both. And I just want to take this time to thank you for all the last you've given me over the year. I honestly can't thank you enough. So the reason I'm emailing is about an incident that happened at my favourite skate park a couple of weeks ago that still upsets me. I'm a massive skateboarding fan. It's so good for my mental health, and Jenny recommended it for everybody. It's made such a positive impact in my life. Thank you, Timid Pigeon, for that recommendation. Uh, I fear that for Tom and I, it might be behind us, that starting that up. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, a same-sex couple walked through the skate park holding hands, and there was a group of BMXs at the park who were regulars, and they began to be dickheads by pretending to kiss being derogatory camp and saying things like crusty bummels. That made me so angry and upset, I just yelled, shut the fuck up, as manly and as angry as possible. But I'm a very small, skinny and unmanly guy, and I'm so unconfrontational. But I couldn't bear this couple thinking they weren't welcome at the skate park. The BMXs then started being confrontational and mean to me, so I skated away to the safety of my... to the safety of my tinny, to which they started laughing at and calling me a pussy. I couldn't be asked to deal with it, so I decided to leave, even though it made me so angry and feel like I was running and I'd let these small-minded people win. I haven't properly been back since, so I've been worried a bit about being in an altercation when all I want to do is skate and have a good time. How do you think I should have handled the situation better and how should I move on from it? It didn't solve the homophobia by running away and I've only ruined going back to the park for myself. Your wise advice would be strongly appreciated. Much love and keep doing you, the timid pigeon. Yeah, I'm changing this up, by the way, because you should be known as the proud pigeon or the courageous pigeon. Um, Correct, correct. You know what? It's, It's really easy to speculate and sit here and, you know, we can give you all the advice in the world. But um, you should feel comfort in the fact that when you saw two other people um, being mocked and uh, that level of disgust and homophobia being thrown at them, the the first thing that that came to you was to say something and be defensive. And, yeah, look, we've talked about this on here before and we've talked about it a number of times where uh, where we say that you need to be careful of that. And and both me and Roma should both have been guilty of you know, in our lives, jumping off and, and saying things, but you should not feel any any shame in what you've done because I think it's it's the right thing. The, the trouble about like, and this is a mental thing to say because it's you know, but everything's comparative, right? Is that you shouldn't let bullies and these fucking idiots like take skating away from you any more than you should let, let them sneer and fucking jest at two two people for for being homosexual. You should you should go back to that the skate park and feel proud about who you are. Look, the, the fact of the matter is that these idiots like this, and it is disgusting that, you know, when you see a group of, and we sort of, I don't know whether we've touched on it, but it's, it's, it's gang mentality, isn't it? it? It only takes one person within that group of BMXs to, to have that, um, have that view and that way of thinking for uh, the rest of them to follow suit. And I think that, Actually, you calling them out has probably embarrassed them a little bit, and that that they're uh, they're sort of shouting their mouths off. It's a really negative, horrible way of being, and like you just think that their behaviour and their intolerance has ruined three people's day there. And that's you know, there's there's probably other people there who have walked away going, actually, sort of credit to you, and probably wishing they'd said something. Um, and like you know, it, don't let that them take that because you know, where however you find whether it's skating or or golf or boxing or whatever, like writing or what, keeping a journal, like however we find sort of a way of keeping our mental health and, and keeping that in check should not be uh, compromised by other people. I think that, you know, go down there and go down there proud in the fact that you stood by yourself. And uh, if they give you any problem, hit 999 and, um, yeah. Make sure that you get uh you get someone down there, or you call you call, you call someone to, to come and help you out. But like, it's uh, I don't think they do anything. I think that you know, and if they did, then um, right and again, and me and Rob will jump in the wolf now with Bill, and yeah, come, come down, down there. there. Yeah, just... probably see how big they are and then fuck off again. <laughs> um... <laughs> um, timid pigeon. Let me tell you this: um, the thing that most upsets me about this email. Uh, well, not most upsets me. The, the whole thing of like people being homophobic is upsetting. And then what upsets me more is that you think you didn't handle it well. Let me tell you something. 
you said I didn't solve the homophobia. It's you, you, it's not about solving the homophobia. That that couple that walked through the skate park and had a little BMXs like being fucking to them. They have heard you defending them and sticking up for them. And I'm telling you, you made a difference to those people, man. Because when you're in that situation and something like that happens, they'll be thinking immediately. I've talked about this before. I remember I was doing a, I was doing a, I was doing a gig in in Barnstable, and I asked the guy for a light, and I, I took the light and I was lighting a cigarette. And he goes, "Aren't you going to say thank you?" And I said, "I was just about to." And then he said, "Never mind saying thank you. You should apologise for being in this country in the first place, right?" And then what happened to me in my head is I looked around that pub and I um, automatically, I couldn't help it, I assumed everybody thought like that because I was the only person of colour in the whole pub, right? The reason I'm telling that story is that that is how that same-sex, that couple that came through, that's how they would have felt. Everybody's saying this. And then you said something. That's a fucking great thing you did, man. It's a fucking amazing thing you did. Do not underestimate how good that was, that thing you did. Okay? So... Don't beat yourself up about this. You should be congratulating yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back for what you did. You didn't run away. The situation became aggressive, so you left to protect yourself. That's not running away, okay? So what I'm saying to you is do not be hard on yourself. The next thing I'm going to say to you is I agree with Tom. I don't think you should allow these pricks to stop you going to that skate park. If you like going to that skate park, you go back to that skate park. I can't guarantee you that it's going to be totally fine. It's going to be totally pleasant. There might be a little bit of afters or not afters, but there might be a few comments. Do not let these people stop you going. You do whatever you've got to do to make sure it's comfortable for you to go back. Okay. You know, like Tom says, you know, going down with a couple of mates or whatever, just to feel a bit more comfortable. Um, just letting someone know what the situation is, whatever it takes. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but just however it, ta- whatever it takes, do not let them change. You know, do not let these people stop you going to that skate park. You did a great thing. Um, and, it's and, a weird situation. You know, when like something spikes a thing of like, when I was a young, like young, and I'd have probably been about 11 or 12 probably. And I was like, like I was a very, really good swimmer. You know, swimming was my thing. And my mum used to take me to uh, take swimming on a, like a times a week at a swimming class. And um, yeah, I used to sort of like just try and be a bit like sort of big man type thing, get changed in the sort of men's changing rooms. Like my mum, you know, I was at that age, so going on my own to get changed. Anyway, kind of older boys from my school, sort of this one day, really fucking picked, you know, just went for sort of like, just aggressively pissed, pick, Mickey taking sort of thing, um, threw all my like, clothes in the shower type thing. It was horrible, do you know what I mean? And from that moment, I stopped, I stopped going swimming. I just was like, I'm not, I, yeah. Yeah, my, my, I didn't, I was too embarrassed to sort of tell my parents. I sort of just didn't want to go anymore because I just was so terrified of being in that situation again. And it like, was something that I look back and think that was such an easy win for them. Like it was such yeah. a sort of like, you know, and, and it, it probably meant nothing to them. They'd have probably, it, did, it was not even like, they, they wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah, I could have walked past them a hundred times after that. It wouldn't even clock that it was me. Do you know what I mean? But for me, that was a big, big thing. It was a big part of my, you know, big part of my life for a long time because it felt like I was being singled out and picked on. But and I, I thought that there was a reason they were doing that is because yeah, bullies will just forget. I'll go and bully someone else. Yeah. You know? mm. And uh, yeah. So if I can give you any personal advice, it's um, yeah, it's rummishes, man. Go back, do your thing. Yeah. Um, good luck with it, man. And please let us know how it goes. Uh, okay, this is from The Frog. Uh, good afternoon, Wolf Al Swan and the Cat. A long-time listener, first-time writer. Firstly, thanks for the countless hours of joy you give me in your commute, my commute to work, and thanks to Tom. This is, this is a pretty sick thing I'm about to read out. Oh, really? Thanks to Tom, who won't remember this, but he encouraged me to apply for the, my dream job last year in a brief encounter in a London train station, and I'm pleased to say I got the job. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mate, it's amazing, right? Oh, yeah, wow. Nice, man. That's incredible. Um, okay. Uh, well. It then goes on to be a, a bit of a sad dilemma. Um, I, I, I write to you with a dilemma and a complicated one. I'll cut to the chase. A few months ago, my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. She's responding well to treatment. However, this is just to prolong the time we have left together. This what, Which is awful. This is what leads me to my dilemma. I come from a big family and I've got two brothers. Long story short, due to an ongoing family dispute caused by his wife, 
who made numerous attempts to hijack and ruin our wedding last summer due to jealousy, I no longer speak to one of my brothers. I've been encouraged by several members of the family to heal this rift before it becomes too late. Some stating I should do so for my poorly mother. I have no desire to fix the deteriorated relationship, but do not want them to overshadow things as a family go through a hard time. Have you guys ever experienced anything similar to this and can pass on some advice to a lonely frog who needs some sweet, sweet advice from some sweet, sweet souls? Um, Tom? Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard because me and Catherine have been through similar sort of things. We've, like, we've both... Her, well, her, you know, her family and mine, and I think it's it depends how 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 deep the the, the cut runs. I guess you got to like if it's something that you can't come back from uh, with your brother, it's it's just kind of sort of create the like the the the, the oh, truth of the matter. I hate saying that when it's something that's really serious, but you've got to um, it's got to come from both of you to, to, to make this work. You can't be the one person who's turning around saying like, because it's like anything, if, if it's like any sort of relationship, if one person's trying harder than the other to make it work, it's never going to work. You know, you, you've both got to enter into it, willing to, to make a change and, and willing to make it work. So my advice, I guess, would be to try and scope out your, your brother, like you and him, Go and, and have a chat and have a, a seat, see where he's coming from, how he feels. If, if it feels that he doesn't take any uh, responsibility for how he treated you and, and your your wife and how he how how that had an effect on your life, there. If he's not gonna man up and sort of say like he he's behaved in a bad way, then if I'm completely honest, I'd, like it's, it's it will be more negative on your mum and more negative on the family if you're both around just arguing and it's just going to restoke a fire that probably should have just sizzled out quite some, some time ago. So I think, see what you could do on that. I, th- I think that the, the big thing is, like, whether you're chatting to him or whether you're not, like, you're, you, you know, you're, your whole responsibility has to be towards your mother. And, um, yeah, I think if, if you're the person I think you are, when, like, it's not like I hand out a lot of advice to people in stations, you know, you're a real credit. And I think, uh, yeah, you, I think you've got all the instincts that you need to to get through this, and um, yeah, man, my heart goes out to you, man. It's it's a tough time, and uh, send in love and and strength. Uh, great advice, Wolf. Um, listen, um, Frog, I'm really sorry to hear that you're going through such a tough time, man. It sounds absolutely rank, and um, but as Tom said, it's the it's how how bad this rift is really does kind of affect how uh, relevant our advice is. But what I would say to you is, is that uh, a few years ago, my dad passed away suddenly from a heart attack and um, a combination of sort of grief and trying to sort out what was quite a complicated situation with my dad and his finances led to my brother and I having a big falling out. And um, I had a huge argument with him. I remember I was like, um, in, I was waiting to take because my dad died just before Christmas, like a couple of weeks before Christmas. I was taking, I was with Lisa and the kids. We were going to Panto, and my brother phoned me up, and we started having an argument in the foyer of the theatre. And like, I raised my voice because I was so like heated about the whole thing. Because obviously, you're going through emotions and stuff like that. And he was saying stuff that I didn't want to hear, and I was saying stuff that he didn't want to hear. And I remember saying to him. I'll never forgive you for the way you're behaving like this, like right now. And he said, I'll never forgive you for the way you're, you know, we, we were so steadfast. And I put the phone down on him and then I went and like the, 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 the panto, such a ridiculous back context of this thing, but the panto had started and I sat on the steps of the, of the theater. And um, I remember thinking, I can't see how I'm going to sort this out of my brother ever. And um, and I'm sure he felt the same way, and and it took a while, or it took a little bit of time for us, and a bit of consideration for us to realise that you know we were going through something, and and like you know I'm happy to say that my brother and I are now you know we're really super close, but it was shit. Do you know what I mean? And like and so the, look, I mean, you know the thing is, is that the thing that happened with my brother and I was like a mind. It was like a series of misunderstandings and beliefs that the other one was being inconsiderate, et cetera, et cetera, that led to us having that blow up. And, you know, and then it pulls up all of these underlying things that you might have been carrying with you for all this time that, that family members tend to have. So I get, look, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is 
My advice, not knowing enough detail, I think, to give you proper advice, is to say that it would be great if you could get yourself to a position where you're at least civil, you know, for the, for the sake of your mum and for the sake of other members of the family, because it sounds like what you're going, well, it doesn't sound like what you're going through is horrific and you really don't want to make do anything that's making that more horrific than it has to be. So if that means you can't be in the same room as somebody, that's going to make all sorts of situations difficult with regards to your mum and other members of your family. So I would encourage you to, to, to try and get yourself to a point where you can be civil and calm and reasonable when you're in the same room or talking to this, to talking to your brother. And then maybe in the future that could lead to you sort of repairing your relationship, but it might not. But I still think that like, at the very least you need to, you know, it'd be good if you get yourself to a point where, where you're, you're all right. You can be in the same room. There's all sorts of situations where it's going to be a fucking nightmare if you two aren't talking to each other. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it would be good if you get yourself to that point. In addition to that, I think, you know, family's family. It'd be good to, if you get to a point where you could both understand where the other one's coming from and maybe, um, maybe sort of get past this. But look, I don't know how deep this thing is, man. So, uh, so look, good luck with it. Good luck with it. Uh, and, and, and listen, I'm so sorry that you're going through the time that you're going through, man. It's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. And uh, I hope you can uh, get through it as, as well as you possibly can do. Good luck. Uh, okay. Do you want to do one more? Let's do one more, my okay. At least it's picked out uh, two very deep emails. I know. I think she... Um... I think maybe she thinks we're finding this too easy. Let <laughs> me just like fuck these guys up. Also, those we're we're both in sort of such a sort of like deep deep frame of mind right now. And mate, this 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 um this episode has got like a very different flavour, hasn't it? <laughs> it's so deep. <laughs> oh god. Um, okay, so this is uh, anonymous. Cool. Uh, <laughs> That's always a good sign. Uh, hi. As a- <laughs> Hi, as always, love, love, love uh, the podcast. Been listening since day one. Uh, Thanks for finding time for this. It's brilliant. Three questions. Coming out of a relationship and finding it hard to bring myself to to try again. Do you think it's possible for someone to find someone or is this just my trajectory? Sorry for a hard one. Don't worry, mate. It's uh, very much in keeping with the theme of what the Swan's been delivering to us. There's three questions there. I'll read them all. Yeah. Uh, Two, I'm re-listening to the old episodes. The spicy mackerel and potpourri stories remain the funniest things I've ever heard. My question, what's your, what, sorry, what do you re-listen slash re-watch to bring joy? And three, are you ever going to do a shit episode? I'd love it. Thanks. Anonymous. Um, um, Tom, you can handle those in any order you like. Yeah, I'm going to go question one. Uh, first up, coming out of a relationship is always hard. It is tough. But um, what you've got to do is jump back on the surfboard of... Um, relationships of love and uh try and uh navigate your way back to a shore aka back to a resting place with someone that you are gonna fall in love with the person is out there i have faith that you're gonna find them uh don't give up on love uh as i think alison hammond once said um uh, <laughs> question two uh what brings me joy is uh, yeah, me and Catherine, probably old episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm or Modern Family. Hit that up if we're feeling a bit down. Um, sometimes I hit the crisp off a little bit of in between us. Um, that does make me chuckle. Uh, and question three, are we ever going to do a poor episode? Um, is, that like, is that like Michael Owen talking about films? There? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, we've, we should probably do you know, what we should do is just do the shit episode. And just stick that on the back burner, and when we haven't got time to do another one, we just ping it the out. The reason we haven't done it, the reason we haven't done a shit episode, is actually quite divisive. For as many people that are really into yeah, the yeah. idea of doing a shit episode, there are an, an equal number of people that think it's horrific whenever we talk about shit. So it's just a tricky one. I think what we do is, I think you're right, Tom. Let's do a shit episode, but let's label it up. We'll have to do it as an extra one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. And, and and go and go. Look, this is absolutely the shit episode. If you're not into listening to chat about scat then you need to steer clear of this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that's my, that, the answers to your, uh, your three questions. Um, my, my, you know what I'm doing right now? And I haven't done this what? before in this podcast. Mm, I'm sending out positive vibes, bro. Like a sunbeam. Uh, that, I think that's what you do every episode. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> no, but like, I'm genuinely zenning in. 
Like, so my positive vibes are going through my laptop into Romish's laptop uh, and then through Romish's uh, fingers and thumbs and heart, it's going to go to Lisa's iPad, through Lisa's iPad back to the emails that will go back to you. So, yeah, okay, there, you go. there we go, bro. Um, there you go. That's how, that's how the love beams work. Uh, anonymous, first question. Do I think it's possible for someone to find someone? I, I, uh, because you're worried about being too old. Yes, I do think it's possible. Uh, and I think like Tom said, uh, if you want to find someone, you will. Uh, what I would advise you is to not think that, is to get yourself out of the thinking that being in a relationship is somehow makes you complete because it's just not the case. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you, you know, we're pressured into the situation where we feel like we need to be with someone uh, in order to be happy. And that just isn't the case. Do you know what I mean? You need to be with the right someone. So it's not a thing of like going, I need to find someone. I, need to... I think there's a mistake that a lot of people make. They think they need to be with somebody rather than the right person. And that's why you'll speak to so many people. And when you see them with their other half or they chat about their other half, you think, hmm, I don't really, I'm not really convinced that this is right for you. Do you know what I mean? So what I would say is 100% is possible, uh, but don't sort of, I would, I, would, I would encourage you to steer clear of the mindset that you've got to like, you've got to get straight back into a relationship as soon as you can. Do you know what I mean? Love yourself that you can start loving someone else. Okay. Boop, boop. Question number two. Uh, this is a great question. My go-to to bring joy, American Office. Oh, great call. The American Office. Ed Helms, by the way, in that is so underrated. Oh, my God. That, the, the American Office is like therapy to me. Oh. It's like therapy to Perfectly me. Perfectly written. But... It's perfect. But like I, I know it backwards, but I'll just put it on, and I don't care if I know the episode back to front. There's something comforting about it. Favourite character? Hmm. It's a great question. Uh, I quite like Stanley. Mm-hmm. Good call. Good call. Stanley's a brilliant uh, character. Yeah. Um, it, weirdly, actually, like if you were going to be anyone in that show, it would be Stanley, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But, but it's like therapy to me. I just find it really relaxing putting it on. I really, it's really beautiful. do. Um, brilliant. I watched it. Yeah. You know what? I'd sort of watched episodes here, episodes there, but when Grace was born, that was the thing I watched, like, from episode one, and I just watched yeah. it all the way through. And yeah. There's an amazing story about when Steve... Because like, it's, it's, it's an interesting story about Steve Carell. Steve Carell became a megastar while he was filming The American Office. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, they just didn't renew his contract. So the last few series, um, that, that like, Steve Carell's not in it. It's still great, but, you know, obviously you're missing Steve Carell. He's yeah, irreplaceable yeah. But like um, when uh, when Pam goes, it's worth watching this episode and reading the backstory. So there's a bit where he he's going to the airport and Pam, just sort of like the receptionist at, uh, at Dunder Mifflin, she um, she's almost misses him going. He's flying off to another part of the country, and then she runs through. He's taking his mic off. She runs through, and she says something to him, and they say goodbye to each other. And you don't hear what's said because they oh, they're not mic'd up. And the story is that apparently the director just said to her, just say to him what you actually want to say because he's leaving the show. And so that's just them. That was just his way of capturing what looks like a really poignant kind of chat. It's so beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. I'm just, I'm literally just Googling something because it's got one of my favourite. Um, there's, I think actually weirdly that the one of the best quotes of that show was Ed Helms when he says in the last episodes, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. Oh, what an man. amazing thing, man! That's just mate, the, uh, when I when I first when I first when he said that, man, it's just amazing. What an amazing show! Yeah, what an amazing show, man! A, yeah. uh, check it out. Right, Tom, time for us to jet, my G, and I've really got a jet because I promised uh, Theo I was going to see him before his bedtime. Cool. So, okay. Uh, uh, how do you um, how do you follow Ed Helms from the office? This is how. There was two sweet sweet cats. Yeah. There's an argument that doing that quote was a mistake, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to muddle three. Okay, there's okay. two cats. Well, one's a kitten and one's a fully grown cat. And they are sitting at the doormat as night comes in. And the little kitten looks at the big cat. And he says, yo, yo, wise cat. Um, I am so scared when the night comes in. I'm scared of the dark. It, it terrifies me. And, uh, yeah. 
And the old cat says, yo, but you love the day, right? You love the sunshine, you like the light. And he is like, yeah, of course I do. I love the sun. I love, I love being out during the day. Even when it rains, I kind of dig it because I can see shit. And the old cat looks at me and said, the truth of the matter is, it's never always dark and it's never always light. We live in a world of ever-changing shades. And you're never that far away from dusk to dawn as you are as from morning to eve and actually we're a little bit like that ourselves you see as cats or people or anyone in the world it's sometimes easy to think that you're sitting in the middle of the night and you're miles away from dawn or it's actually kind of cool to think you're sitting at lunchtime and you're miles away from night the truth of the matter is shades are always going to change and days are always going to change to night and your brain's always going to do the same enjoy the sun, but don't fear the night. It's only there to make the sunshine richer. Wow. That's lovely. That, do you know what? I doubted you for a minute because the cat stuff really felt like it wasn't going anywhere, <laughs> but, uh, but well done, man. That was beautiful. Yeah, you know me. I, 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 I was genuinely worried of myself that the wheels were coming off, but yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. That's I'm why surprised. I speed up through the last couple of sentences. <laughs> Um, guys, uh, I'm sorry if uh, you don't like this different flavour of... Uh, we're normally kind of... Uh, normally a bit more upbeat on this, but we, today we've done it a little bit like... Uh, you know when you turn on the radio at about 2am and they're having a talk, they're having a phone-in thing? It's a bit of that kind of... Vibe, I it? think it's a good notion that next week we'll do this at about 9 o'clock on Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think morning episodes are better. I think this is a huge error. But anyway. But anyway, take care of yourselves. Love and peace, people. Bada boom. Much love. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.